0: Take your Bibles and turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. As most of you know, <clears throat> and my time of tenure from behind this pulpit is drawing to a close. And I'd like to, the last couple of times that I share with you, I want to just leave a challenge and some cautions. Not that I have arrived and learned everything and have great wisdom, but I do want to share some thoughts with you in uh, regards to just a couple of things. Uh, tonight one to be cautious on as we continue in our service for the Lord Not that I find anything that's falling apart or anything like that With just some parting words of maybe of some wisdom and advice from God's Word I hope you brought your Bibles tonight <clears throat> We're going to do something a little bit different tonight We're going to use them a lot So if you have it, you know, get it out You may want to shake it a little bit Get the pages loose, whatever We are going <clears> to <throat> use that tonight And by the way, I was asked by someone, <clears throat> as I was greeting folks coming in, are we having M&M's tonight? You can imagine, <laughs> now you know who asks, okay? And so, just so that they make sure, they're right here, and the bag is pretty full. So tonight is going to be double, or maybe even triple night, right? Because this may be the last time you have a chance to get in the M&M bag for a long time so with that let's bow and ask God to bless tonight father again thank you for your love thank you for the privilege we have of gathering together tonight I pray your God guide my heart my mind tonight as I share some thoughts with the folks thank you for this dear church thank you for their love for each other thank you for their love for you give us wisdom and grace may your word go forth with power May through the time to spend tonight, we be challenged and refreshed by your truth, by your spirit working in our hearts. May we grow together in and through it, and we we'll thank you for it. We we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Christians are not saved to sit, but are saved to serve. You've heard me say that many times uh, as I've been here. And I would repeat it and say that it is so true. Christians are not saved to sit, but are saved, and let me insert, are chosen to serve. In fact, God's Word gives us some truth in regards to this. And I've entitled the message tonight, Chosen to Serve. We have been, if we are saved and know the Lord is our Savior, we have been chosen by God to serve Him. We've been commanded by God to serve Him. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12, it says, "And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you, but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and keep the commandments of the Lord, His and His statutes, which I command you today for your good." He tells us also in Joshua chapter 24, verse 15. Most of us are familiar with the story of Joshua, where Joshua stood up before the children of Israel and said, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose you for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God tells us in Psalm 100 verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness, come before His presence with singing. In Matthew chapter 20 verse 28, as an example to us, Christ said, the word uh, Matthew writes, it says, just as the Son of Man, speaking of Christ, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to what? Serve. Serve." And to give his life a ransom for many. And he tells us, as Peter writes in Peter uh, chapter one, or first Peter chapter two, verse 21, "For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Here we see that we have been called for what purpose? Well, one of them, I believe, is the example that Christ has given us to serve. God's word gives us these emphasis in and through His word. Galatians chapter five verse thirteen for you brethren have been called to liberty, only do not use liberty as an opportunity to the flesh, but through love serve one another. Says in Romans chapter seven, verses five and six. For when we were in the flesh, I want you to notice that, what I have highlighted there. When you were in the flesh, walking in sin, I believe it refers often to that aspect of being unsaved. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. But now we have been delivered. Since we were in the flesh, we have now been delivered from the law, having died to what we were, he, were held by, so that we should, what? Serve in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. God has chosen us to serve. Now, I want to say, I'm not here to say, you guys need to get busy serving. Because we had an example just this past week or the week before of how you take that to heart. Many that were here helping to serve those 178 to 200 children that were here every day during the week of Vacation Bible School. That's just an example of the service and the dedication that you folks and others from within our church and even some from outside of a membership of our church have demonstrated the fact of what God says here. We are not saved to sit, we're saved to serve. And you take that honestly and you take it to heart And you serve. But what I want to challenge you with tonight is we have been chosen to uh, to serve. We sought out by God. But I want to share with you what I call the qualities of Christian service. Now, we can give us many different titles here, but I chose the word quality because the word quality means an essential distinguishing feature or distinctive characteristic of something or someone. Let me read that again. It's an essential distinguishing feature or distinctive characteristic of something or someone. It's a standard. It's a level of attainment. It's a measurement. So when we talk about the qualities of Christian service, I'm not saying, come on, you lazy people, get busy, because you do serve. What I want to caution you on is what we find here in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Notice with me, if you would please. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. The author of Hebrews writes, and says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God. And he gives us, I believe, three qualifications. He says that we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And what I want to challenge us with tonight is this concept in regards of the qualities of service. These three qualities that God has given to us, the author here speaks of these qualities as as, uh, speaks of our salvation along with the spiritual gifts and talents and abilities that God has given to each of us. He sets the standard, if you please. He lists, I believe, some qualities that are to characterize our service as we serve. And they're not hard to figure out what each one of these blanks are for. It's simply written there that as we serve, may we not ever forget that we are to serve God in an acceptable way. By that I mean meeting God's approval. That we are to serve in an acceptable way. We are to, uh, that which is acceptable to God. A standard or quality that meets God's approval. Serving in a way that is accepted and approved by God. As you know, we've been in past ministries and pastorate ministries, etc. And I can tell you different stories of how some folks have taken just the opposite of this, tried to usurp the authority of the pastor, etc., and and have their own. In fact, we've been in the ministry where there's been inside the church individuals trying to start their own little group of growing together. I'm talking about the fact of honoring and serving God in an honorable, acceptable way. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two, where challenge to memorize Romans chapter 12. Does anybody want to stand and quote for Romans chapter 12, 1 and 2? I won't embarrass you. Let me try it. It goes something like this. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy, what's the next word? Acceptable, acceptable which is your reasonable service. And be not, I may have left something out, but be not conformed to this world, but you may be transfer, transformed by the renewing let me think now. Hang on a minute. Let me start again. I forgot all about it. I'm going to have to look it up. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, which may, may be transformed. Help me out. I'm drawing close. Transformed Transform by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and. I did that on purpose to see if you were memorizing. Actually, I drew a, uh, a senior seen your moment. That's what it was. In that, yeah, somebody said, oh, no. All right. In that aspect, God is saying, what in those verses? That which is acceptable unto him. Many of you have noticed that on the, board, on the wall outside in the welcome center is Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12, I believe it is. But in the center of that, It talks about the fact that we are to serve God, to walk worthy of the Lord, which means in an acceptable way, pleasing Him. One of the ways, I believe, or or how we meet the qualifications or this concept of the idea of an essential distinguishing feature of our services that we serve in an acceptable way. Let me give you what I call a kind of a, a practical way of how this applies. First of all, we need to be correct in our thinking. To be acceptable to God, meeting God's approval, we need to be correct in our thinking. Now, here's where we're going with the Word of God. Turn to Philippians chapter 2, if you would please. Philippians chapter 2. I purposely did not put them on the PowerPoint. I have to say I did have time to do that, but I wanted us to turn to these verses and look them up in particular. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. What is Paul telling us here in Philippians? Our mind ought to reflect the same things from the mind of Christ, that which is approved by God. We can go on in a whole lot of detail in regards to that, but I think we ought to be correct in our thinking. We ought to be thinking the same way that Christ will be thinking of other things and apply that into our service, correct in our thinking, biblical in our conduct or our actions. Biblical in our conduct or in our action. Turn over a few pages to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, if you would please. Ephesians chapter (coughs) 5, excuse me, and verse 10. (coughs) Excuse me, Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 10. Paul writes here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 10, the New King James Version, as I read, says, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. I do like the way the King James Version translates Uh, This verse of Scripture, it says proving or demonstrating what is acceptable to the Lord. In our actions, in our life, in our behavior, we ought to be demonstrating that which is approved by God. In other words, we ought to be living according to the Word of God. And what we do in our programs and how we operate is to be according to the Word of God. And I say thank you for doing that. And let me encourage you to continue as we continue to serve, to be correct in our thinking, biblical in our conduct, and proper in our attitude. Sometimes I have to admit that sometimes I allow my attitude to get carried away a little bit. And I'm sure sometimes you do. When we get busy doing things, do I have to? Is it necessary? Do I only really want to go? Okay, we've got to go to church again tonight. All right, we just was there last week. And we can go on and on. But look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, if you would please. Colossians chapter 3, verse 17. Paul writes to the church of Colossae here and and exhorts us, and he says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of whom? Who? The Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God and the Father, or God the Father, through Him that which is acceptable to God. Look down, if you would, drop down to verse 23 and 24. And whatever you do, do it how? Heartedly. With the right attitude, if you please. And I have to remind myself of that from time to time. He says, knowing that, or excuse me, and whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance, for you serve the Lord Christ. How are we serving? Are we serving and is our attitude in a way that is well-pleasing to the Lord? Is our attitude in such a way that it's meeting God's approval? Is our conduct in such a way that we are meeting God's approval? And let me challenge you to say, let's, as a church, continue to serve this way. Let me challenge you as individuals, continue to serve this way. I am stepping down from this position. I'm getting old. My arthritis is stirring up a little bit too much, right? Some people say, you're too young to retire. Well, we'll talk about that later, all right? But I have seen in the experience that we've had over the 40 years of ministry and pulpit ministry, we have seen churches that were once faithful to the Word of God have stepped away from that which is acceptable unto the Lord. There are some churches that I have been in and been a part of that's sadly to say that I am not comfortable going back to that church anymore. They've changed their method of how they present the Word of God. They leave some things out. They've changed their music considerably. They've changed their way in which they allow folks into the church. I can give you more than just one in that case. But on the other side, I can say I am glad that there are many churches that I know of, we've been associated with are standing true to the Word of God. And my challenge to us is, as we do, I may not be serving as much from the pulpit, but as I share with some of you, I'll be serving from the pew. And I like what one, some, someone told me as we were talking about it. They said, oh, you're going to be a civilian just like the rest of us. And I thought that was a good way to put it. My point is this for all of us. Let's remain in a focus as we serve to serve God in a way that's acceptable. Hebrews challenges us and commands us to do so. He says, Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. And the second aspect is that is reverent. By that I mean being reverent. He says there in that verse, Hebrews chapter ten, chapter twelve, verse twenty eight. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence. Serving God with reverence. I believe that is dealing with having a deep respect and appreciation. Demonstrating a deep respect and appreciation. For what? Well, I'll give you three blanks to fill in. For God. We must always maintain a deep reverence and a respect and appreciation for God, for who he is. Look at first John chapter 4, verse 19, if you would please. 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. Some of you know this by heart. You could quote it for me. But he says here in 1 John 4, 19, We love Him because why? What? Because he first loved us let's not ever lose sight of that truth and i believe most of us won't i hope none of us do that he ought to have the preeminence in our life and in our ministry in our service not that we're not serving but that we serve with an attitude of reverence to god because he loved us we love him because he first loved us so let's serve and have a deep respect and appreciation, continue that for God and also for Harvest Baptist Church. Now I'm not just gonna say just a church in general because if you're a part of this ministry, you ought to have a deep respect and appreciation for this church. I know that every one of you sitting here tonight, and if you were here this morning, was showing a deep appreciation for this church because their conditions are working well. You say, oh, that, that's silly. No, is it? We have a place where we can gather together and meet and worship God together in comfort, no matter what the condition is outside. I've been talking with Jeff Owen in their ministry when he presented where they're working here a, a few weeks ago. I was, I was stunned, as it were. I did not know about how, how um, what do you call it when you're not up to, how remote it is where they serve. They have to carry their water. And I'm going, wow, they're up in the mountains. They don't have air conditioning. They're even having a problem with being able to meet Inside, and that's just one incident, a deep respect and appreciation for our church, but not just a physical building, but what this church stands for, what this church believes, what this church practices, and the fact that it is true to the word of God. One of the first things my wife and I looked at when Pastor Fant first contacted us those many years, a number of years ago, was a fact of how true do they stand to the word of God. And we said, wait, that's where Eric Sheavey is. There must be a pretty good church if he's there, okay? We put a lot of stock in that guy when he talked about us getting here. And then when we were watching on the internet and and, uh, just kind of watching on the stream uh, several times before we even came to visit and, and we heard Mike Yesa, Mike Yesa. Well, we knew Mike Yesa in New York. And knowing the background of he and his family, We said, this this must be a pretty good church. Now, I'm not picking out individuals just to embarrass them at all. But my point is this, that this church stands for truth. This church stands on the Word of God. It gives no apology to the Word of God pastor stands up here and teaches and shows us and he talks about that which is going against the word of god and 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 folks i just want to refresh in our mind that we ought to have a deep appreciation for this church harvest baptist church and my prayer is that this church will remain true to the word of god and function as god would have us and so a deep respect and appreciation for god for our church and then for others Turn to John chapter 15, if you would. John chapter 15. John chapter 15, and look with me, <clears throat> excuse me, at verse 12. John chapter 15, verse 12. These are the words of Christ. God speaking specifically. And he says, this is my commandment. Notice that. This is my commandment that you love One another as I have loved you. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Think with me for just a moment. How much and to what extent has God showed his love to us? Personalize that. Ask yourself this question How much has God shown his love and appreciation for me? Think about it for a moment. You know what God says? This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Do we have the proper respect and appreciation for each other? We come from all kinds of different backgrounds, all kinds of different workplaces, all kinds of different areas in which we live and how we operate and the way we think, etc. We're not all the same. Do we have the right appreciation, as we ought to, for others? God says this is a command, and my challenge is that we would continue to do so. Does our service demonstrate a deep respect and appreciation for God, for our church, and for each other? Serving with reverence is a standard, a quality set by God. He tells us here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and the third in godly fear. And I believe is referring to a reverential trust, a trust having reverence to God for who he is. Now, when we hear the phrase godly fear, the fear of God, often our minds, at least mine does, thinks we better serve God or He may punish us and we become fearful of who God is now I have to remind myself that Romans chapter 14 verses 11 and 12 does tell us that we will stand before Him someday and give an account of our lives we will God's word says so he tells us in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 6 that whom God loves He chastens or disciplines. It's a warning to us in regards to the fear of God. However, I like to relate it, being Father's Day, to my earthly father. My dad's been gone for 35 years. Passed away at the age of 62. Had a brain aneurysm. And it took him. He was gone. I reflect back a little bit and thought last May he would have been 98 years old. But I thank the Lord that my father is in heaven today. Because 10 years before he passed away, he trusted Christ as his Savior. And as I think about my father, I have nine siblings my oldest brother passed away this early this year. But he and my mother raised 10 children. I've shared with you sometime about some of the different things about my father, my early childhood days. I can remember him coming home from the coal mine. We lived in southeastern Pennsylvania. He was a coal miner, literally in the coal mines, and he shoveled coal. He was physically strong. Later became a farmer when the coal mines shut down, but my father loved me. He demonstrated that. And my father was not one of the huggy, loving, kissing type fathers, and I have nothing against that, because I like to hug my kids. My father loved me, loved all of his children. He provided for us. He protected us. He taught us boys how to hunt and fish. I've forgotten a lot about that. So, Eric, I may have to ask you to help me out sometime. I respected him. I learned from him. Sometimes I stood in awe in the strength, the physical strength that he displayed. I shared with you one time as I was preaching how that we came upon an accident as we were driving down the road sometime and there was this car over on its side. By the time my dad stopped, told us to stay in the car, and he got out of the car, a couple other cars had stopped. He had gotten up on top of the side of the car. The wheels were still spinning because it had just turned over. And he backed up against the door, holding the door open, and he reached down in and pulled a lady out of the car and handed her down to a couple of guys who were standing there. reached in and pulled out a gentleman and handed her him down. Superman. My father was physically strong. And I learned from that. I would be astonished at the wisdom that he demonstrated. He had an eighth grade education. But my father could sit down and tear apart a toaster and fix it and get it working again. From a toaster all the way to a car engine. I saw him do it. Literally, tear it apart piece by piece by piece by piece. Laid it all out in the basement of our house and said, don't touch a thing. And we didn't. Many times I would be out at night holding a flashlight for him fixing something. I learned much in a practical way in the wisdom that he demonstrated. But when my father said, by the time I get home tonight from work, I want all the weeds out of the garden. By the time he got home that night, or whenever it was, he would say that, the weeds had better be out of the garden. And if they weren't, some of you understand this next slogan, the Board of Education was applied to the seat of knowledge. I say all that to make this point. My father was a strong man physically. But I was not afraid of my father. I respected my father. I do to this day. And I'm glad that he trusted Christ and will be in heaven forever, mom as well. But I didn't, I wasn't afraid of him but I respected Him. Next Sunday morning when I preach, I'm going to talk more about fearing God a little bit in the message. But I often relate my Father and my experience with Him to our Heavenly Father. I'm not afraid of God that I run and hide. But I realize that I'm going to stand before Him and give an account. And I know that when God says do this or don't do this, I better do this or don't do this because I'm going to stand before him and give an account. Now, he's promised to take me to heaven forever. But what crowns will I receive? Will I be embarrassed when I stand before him because of what this or that? Or will I hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Here's kind of a practical way that I view godly fear. I've written three statements. If you have a problem with any of these, let me know later, and I'll share with you even deeper why I've listed it this way. As I think about the concept of fearing God, I think about an individual having spiritual discernment with reverence towards God. Having spiritual discernment, we get it from his word, with a deep respect for who God is thinking things through and responding or reacting in a wise and godly way or a wise and godly manner. Knowing who God is, what He can and will do, and responding biblically. Turn with me to the book of Hebrews, if you would, chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13. This is the final exhortation the author of Hebrews gave to the individuals that he wrote the book of Hebrews to, which, by the way, is us also, because God has preserved his word. He says this. Now, may the God of peace who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you complete in every good work to do his will, working in you what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to be glory forever and ever. Amen. My challenge is that we might meditate on these truths we find here in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28, that we will never forget that we serve and ought to serve in a way that's as the verse says, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. And may God have the glory. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your word, for it is truth. We thank you for the power of your word. We thank you for the direction and instruction that you give us from your word. Father, thank you for the dear folks here at this church that love you, that have a desire to serve you, and demonstrate that by their actions, Lord, that they serve in a variety of ways with a heart that is open to you. May, Father, we never forget that as we serve, the standard of measurement for our service is found in this book, and may we continue to do so or strive to have that standard in our lives that we may serve acceptably, with reverence and godly fear. And to that I ask that you would give grace and guidance in each of our lives. Continue to have your hand of blessing upon this church and this ministry and your people, that you would be honored and glorified in all that is said and done. May this church stand true to the word of God. Give our pastor wisdom and grace as he leads. Give him a good week of rest and relaxation. And may you be honored as we together continue to serve. And may we serve continuously with the attitude of acceptably, worthy, pleasing you with reverence and godly fear. To you have all the glory and honor and praise. For we thank you for this time together now in Jesus' name, amen.